0: Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video, messages, and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. morning, everybody. Man, it's so good to see you, and y'all look great. It's a great crowd today. Listen, why don't you turn around to a couple people close to you and kind of wave at them and smile. Give them a big smile. Let them know how happy you are that they are with you today. You didn't come to church by yourself. This is a one another thing, All right. I'd like to invite you to open up your Bibles today to Proverbs chapter 15. Um, To find Proverbs, the easiest way is usually to let your Bible just kind of fall right into the middle and somewhere right around there is Proverbs. You can get in the right neighborhood at least really quickly. If you wanna use the Bibles, we've provided page 538 is where you will find um, today's reading of Proverbs 15. We get the chance to open up one of the greatest gifts that we have been given as humans today, right? God's word. The scripture is the... The Gift That Keeps On Giving, and uh, we're going to jump in there and do something that I I rarely do, which is read just one verse um, to kind of jump start today. My name is Kevin, along with my wife, Jacinta. We're so glad that you uh, decided to be here today and uh, to be at Broad River Church. We are lead pastors here and uh, we just wanna welcome you, especially guests that I see in the room today. We've got guests here with us today. Um, and, and I wanna welcome those that are joining us uh, online as guests in our digital campus. People join us every week in our digital campus. River Church, why don't we make these guests and those joining us just feel very welcome today. Give them a big hand, let them know how happy we are that you're here. Thank you for joining us here. Yeah. We'll mention one announcement, which is this coming Saturday at 8 a.m., if you'd like to help us do some things outside to uh, get this property in as good a shape as possible for Easter and beyond. Um, Show up at eight o'clock on Saturday. Um, You can bring a rake and gloves, uh, bring a desire to work hard outside for a couple of hours, okay? Um, I I understand and realize this overlaps with our men's small group. You should still go to small group. If that is your small group, go to that. You could join us before or after it or whatever works. I understand it overlaps, but it's also the best time to get people out for this kind of thing. Uh, Iron Sharpens Iron is the name of that group that meets on Uh, Saturday morning. This is at eight o'clock this coming Saturday, and we'd love to have you join us for that. Today is week eight of a series we've called Nice Fruit, right? So for almost two months now, we've been trying to understand and apply really just one verse of scripture from the Bible. It's it's a book in the Bible uh, called Galatians uh, chapter five, verse 22. And check this. Uh, Galatians is a is a book that's so helpful for everyday life because Galatians makes you look the gospel right in the eyes, okay? For all of us that would like to say, I'm a Christian, right? I follow Jesus. I like Jesus. By the way, who doesn't like Jesus? Galatians says, okay, well, if that's the case, this is what Jesus looks like, and this is what following him in real life is all about, right? This is how to know if your life is going well. Uh, in this case, there are, some, there are some fruit, there are some results, nine different things, in fact, that you can expect to emerge from your life, things that will overflow out of you if you follow Jesus. So far, we've seen love, joy, and peace, how these things overflow, patience, kindness. Last week, we saw the very underappreciated uh, faithfulness. Next week, we're going to bring this series to a close with the final part of this series uh, about self-control. Now, I know all of you have self-control on lockdown, right? But show up anyway, all right? Just humor me, all right? Today, we are on the facet of the fruit of the Spirit called gentleness. Everybody say gentleness. Thank you for allowing me to share God's Word with you this morning. I'm grateful every time I have the opportunity to do it. Just just one verse, and when I read Proverbs 15, chapter, chapter 15, verse 1, it always reminds me of my mother, Shirley Mullins, uh, who will be listening and watching this at some point. So, hi, Mom. As I, as I read it to you, it reminds me of her because of the many times that I've heard her say it and the many times I saw her live it. Proverbs chapter 15, verse one, this is what we read. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger find someone close to you this morning and tell them, maybe a couple people, come on, tell them that verse packs a punch. Come on, tell them that verse packs a punch. I never really told you when we jumped into the series uh, why this early church leader named Paul wrote this letter to a church he started in Galatia. It's a letter that's written... Um, To Christians. And, And kind of what's up overall in Galatians is Paul is letting them know, hey, I'm glad that you're following Jesus. I'm glad you've entered into the kingdom of God. I'm glad you've heard the good news. But the good news is not only the way to enter into God's way of doing things, but the good news is also the way to live every day God's way of doing things. Paul had heard that these new Christians, and he had started this church in Galatia and then had gone away. He had heard that these, these new Christians were starting to kind of regress. Back in the day, we used to call it backsliding, right? We called it backsliding. You know how when you first meet Jesus and you're just kind of shiny and, and new and happy all the time and you love everybody and no one makes you mad for like two weeks, Maybe three, then you start noticing things again. You start getting annoyed again. Sometimes you don't feel much like Jesus. You feel a lot more like your old self. So so what's what's going on here? These that's what's going on here in Galatians 5. These new Christians were starting to have hostility toward each other. In fact, there were some pretty significant personal conflicts. Going down, you should read the Bible. It's very interesting. It'll help you. In fact, if you go up above where we've been camping out for weeks now, check out what Paul says to them in verse 13 of chapter 5 For you were called to freedom, brothers. Kind of sounds like a reminder that he's giving them. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You've got to be kidding me. One word that sums up the whole law. Tell us, tell us, tell us what is it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Man, how relevant is the Bible for our life out here in 2022, right? Anybody seen any biting and devouring going on? Anybody, right? Anybody been bitten or devoured lately? So, so Exactly. Some, some of you have, have, anybody done some biting and devouring? You don't have to raise your hand on that one, right? Okay, somebody did. That was very brave. Ah, oh, Christianity is so old-fashioned and out of touch. Really? This seems like it's right on to me. So, so you've got that in your mind. And then in verse 22, we've seen this a bunch of times. We'll see it one more time next week as we close. But the, the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. And then the, the first word of chap, or verse 23, it is gentleness. Now, remember, this is not multiple fruits. It's one fruit. This is not a buffet of things that we can pick and choose from. So you can't take a pass on one that just doesn't doesn't fit right or sit right with you, doesn't match your personality, doesn't match you when you're trying to be out there living your best life. No, the fruit of the Spirit, get this, it always grows together. They are one, so today is gentleness. Really? gentleness? Couldn't we have just, I don't know, skipped past this weak subject of gentleness? No, pastor, nobody would have even known if you had skipped gentleness. They would have just thought that they had missed it that week when they were gone, right? In fact, pastor, don't you know what happens to gentle people in our world? They get stepped on. They get run over. They get laughed at. So I think I'll take the others. I like the others, but I'll, I'll pass on gentleness. Right. Give me some love and some joy and some peace. That sounds good. Those are good things. I can even do with maybe a little patience, kindness, a little side helping of faithfulness. But I'll pass on gentleness. Let me just remind us, as we get toward the end of the series, and I'm super excited about self-control next week. I'm super excited about Palm Sunday. We're going to sing Hosanna and, and cry out. What does Hosanna mean? God, rescue us. God, save us. Let me remind us that Paul uses the singular word, fruit, so that we aren't allowed to pass on a portion of the fruits. Let let me remind us that as long as we are alive as believers, uh, growth of that fruit in us is inevitable. It, It may be slow. Some of us would say it seems like the growth is kind of slow. It might be gradual, but it's inevitable. So I can't pass on it just because I have a, a negative response when I hear the word gentleness. Now, outside these walls and even in the dictionary, when you want to talk about defining gentleness, you're going to see words like mild and moderate, soft, delicate, submissive, inferior. I'm going to show you a a video clip in a few minutes that emerged from this last Sunday's Oscar ceremony in a little bit. By the way, it's not the clip, not the clip, not the clip that you think it is, it's not that one. I would not show that clip here, okay? Because while there was a whole lot of non-gentleness going on there, there was a moment of gentleness that doesn't have anything to do with delicate and mild and in fear. Let, let, let me just be straight here. Who cares what the world or our society defines gentleness as? Who cares? What does the Bible say about gentleness? This is what we're looking at today. Y'all ready to get this? All right, so, so what is gentleness? How is it defined in the Bible? These are words that emerge from the scripture. Gentleness is humility, it's unselfishness. Watch this, it's might, restrained, we could call it a strong hand with a soft touch, and meekness, it's a word that's used interchangeably in the Bible with gentleness. When you see the word meekness, you can interchange gentleness, it's almost exactly the same word. And here's another word that I didn't include on this definition screen. Leave that one up there. I want them to have time to write it down. And I mainly didn't put this one on the screen because I didn't want you to have to write it down. But another word with a very closely related meaning is magnanimous. Everybody say magnanimous. Now, I promise I'm not just trying to make you say big words, all right? But there, there are some words that when we lose them from our society and from our vocabulary of our culture, it's a real loss. Magnanimous means to be generous and forgiving. It means to, to avoid resentment. It means to be about avoiding revenge, about avoiding being selfish, especially, watch this, magnanimous, especially to the least powerful people magnanimous just sounds cool, right? I mean, if it's Osvaldo said, man, Pastor Kevin is magnanimous, man, I'd be like, yeah, I am, right? I'm not sure what it means. I might have to look it up, but I am. Man, I want to be called magnanimous. So that's what gentleness is. It's, it's humility. It's unselfishness. It's, it's might restrained. So then real quick, what is not gentleness? Gentleness is not anger. Uh, gentleness is, is not a desire for revenge. It's, it's not about harshness or being harsh. It's, it's not about being unrelenting. Gentleness is, is not a sense of entitlement or being self-absorbed. It's also not, everybody hear me, most certainly not weakness or inferiority. This is not gentleness. So this word gentleness has been a part of my life Uh, almost as long as I can remember, because when I was growing up, my parents did something that Christian parents used to do a long time ago, I think maybe especially in the 70s and 80s, Christian parents would buy their children after they were born these name plaques that would have their name on it and then what your name means. And my name plaque, in fact, this is my actual name plaque. I called my dad and said, do you still have it? He said, yeah, I've got it. He said, take a picture and send it to me. This is my actual name plaque, which I found out was in his garage. And I said to him, I said, Dad, I said, why didn't you ever send this to me? He said, because it belongs to me. It doesn't belong to you. What I didn't, I was being gentle, so I didn't respond by saying, then why is it in your garage? But I didn't, I didn't say that. But it said, Kevin, kind one. And my mom, immediately, I remembered verbally, she always added another word to this. She said, Kevin means kind and gentle. But I have to tell you that that's a lot to live with because I didn't want those words on my plaque. I wanted to be Kevin strong and courageous, right? Bold and and mighty. Even my brothers, Jason, is four and a half years younger than me. His was better. I remember thinking his was better. It said Jason, and underneath it, just one word, healer. I said, now that's cool, right? You can heal people, bro. That one is cool, but kind and gentle. But today I get it, and and I I want it for you and Gentleness emerging from you is one way to know that your life is going well. Listen to Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others, a.k.a. it's not all about us. Gentleness is not all about us. Plato, the philosopher, father philosopher, called gentleness the cement What is he saying? It's what holds things together. In fact, the Greeks in general had a really good handle on gentleness. They, They defined gentleness as power under control, and they had a word picture that they used to describe gentleness, and it was a horse that had been tamed. This is the word picture for gentleness. Get this, gentleness was to them a powerful animal whose passion and power was fully and completely under control. So that animal is anything but weak. It's anything but inferior, but it is under control. So the idea was just like a horse has to be tamed to show control, just like that horse has to be tamed and maintained its power under control, we too must be trained and tamed. And this is something that happens to us, and I'm leaving the Greeks behind now, when God's spirit lives in us and we give him control. Hey Amen. You can clap for that. That's fine. Amen. I. I I kind of have a personal trainer right now. Now, he's not actually a personal trainer, and he's not out for hire, okay? But uh, somebody goes to our church here, and to to me, he's a personal trainer because he's at the gym with me four times a week since January, four times a week, and he helps direct me around this scary labyrinth that is LA Fitness, (laughs) right? But get this, God's Spirit is our personal trainer, To become the people we want to be, to to live the lives we were created to live. In fact, I would say to become the person you really desire to be, God has to tame us, and he has to train us. Gentleness is strength under control. Guys in the room today, we used to have a word we used to describe men who were strong but under control. We took this word gentle, and we added the word man to it, and we got the compound word gentleman and and it's it's old-fashioned I know and I hear somebody out there already saying don't come at me with your old words boomer and I'm not a boomer by the way and anyway it's chauvinistic gentlemen I don't need anybody opening up the doors for me okay but here it is guys just deal with it to be an authentic gentleman is to model Christ while I'm here I'll just meddle a little bit okay then we'll read more scripture. Do, do, do you know have you ever seen ever seen women's magazines? You can see them at the store, you'll see them there, and they'll have like the, the headlines there. But one thing women magazines do all the time, uh you can check this out on your own time. They're always doing women's magazines, always doing surveys and polls. And one of the surveys are polls that they often do, and, and listen, if it, it is, is what do they desire in a man? Say, this is the poll. What do you desire in a man? If you're single and looking, I'm gonna help you out right now, okay? I'm gonna help you out. I'm talking to dudes right now for a second, okay? Women's magazines repeatedly reveal these two things. They use a, a different word sometimes for the second part of this, but the two virtues women desire in men are strength and some version of kindness or gentleness. So it's not going to hurt your chances with the ladies, guys to be strong and gentle. So, so, so that's what gentleness is and what it's not, but where do we start? How do we start with gentleness? And I, I've i got some good news for you this morning. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, this has already started. I, you know, I've known some of you long enough to have seen so many of the fruit of the Spirit just developing in you. So I'm not up here talking about theory today. I'm not talking about things that could possibly happen in another possible universe. I'm talking about something that God can do in you. Isn't that great? If you've placed your faith in Jesus, it's already started. Growth has already started. I don't know if you remember back to week one, we had this big word flesh up over here and the big word spirit over here and we said that as as humans we got our feet firmly planted in both worlds. How many of you remember that week, right? Where both worlds were were there and that before we became Christians, we had this sinful nature that was leading the way and, and ruling really unopposed in our lives. It was a sinful nature that it was about me all the time, just about me, but then we accepted Christ and the Holy Spirit entered us supernaturally, and he began this renewing of us. Get this, when the Holy Spirit takes over, we start to grow, and now the Spirit is at work in us, turning us into new people, the people we were designed to be, and it starts when we accept Christ. I want you to get this before we're done i don't want to move on and finish before you get this when you've accepted jesus as your savior and your redeemer life is no longer simply things that you learn about god and knowledge about faith and spiritual theory and theology no the theology in our heads becomes real in our lives drawing us closer to god through the holy spirit and is it always easy what's the answer no Is growth a struggle for us? Yes, absolutely. Why? Because we're human and we fight against the Spirit. It's not in my nature to be gentle and meek. Why? Because there is this evil, I'm going to say it about myself, sinful nature that was a major part of who I was grabbing and greedy and trying to climb the ladder no matter what it takes and no matter who i had to step on to get there that was the mindset there was a battle going on between the old person and the new person that i am now in colossians chapter 3 verse 12 this is what paul says but put on then as god's chosen one you are holy that means set apart and beloved what should i put on compassionate hearts kindness, humility, meekness, which is another word for gentleness, and patience. Paul, what's he saying? Paul's saying like, walk like this now. Don't walk like an Egyptian. Walk like me now, right? It's it's only God's spirit that can do this in you. I just want to say this for some people in the room here today who, who don't know Jesus, and maybe you're in this room, maybe even against your will. You got drug here today, and you, maybe you haven't accepted his offer for eternal life with him, and that is the offer that he's made to you. By the way, we're glad that you're here. This is a place, listen, even before you figure things out, certainly before you figure church out, you can belong here even before you believe. Amen? You are very welcome, but listen to me. This is for everybody. God's spirit can do the same thing for you. His spirit can produce this kind of fruit in you. You just have to accept him leading the way. It's not easy. I'll tell you what it is though. It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Why would I say that it's simple? Because Jesus has already done all of the work for you already. He's done something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. He's, he's made a way to God. And he wants you to know him. He, he wants you to have a relationship with him. That's mind-blowing to me. God wants to have a relationship with me. It's mind-blowing to me. You know why? Because I know me. And I know what I've done in the past, and God knows what I've done, and he still loves me. He forgives me. Not only does he forgive me, watch this, he adopts me into his family. He made it clear that I'm going to live with him forever, and he wants to do the same thing for you. That's how much Jesus loves you, and he's gentle with us. He's gentle. I. I kept thinking all week of this story in John chapter 8, where Jesus is thrust into this scene where a woman has been caught in adultery, the Gospel of John chapter 8. Some religious leaders brought this woman to Jesus. They're trying to trap him every time, almost every time. That's what they're trying to do. They throw her down in front of Jesus, and they, they take the moment, as she's laying there in front of Jesus, to remind Jesus. He, they didn't need to. He was a rabbi. But they decided they needed to remind him that the law of Moses said that she should be stoned to death. Now, these guys who have brought this woman here, they are the opposites of strength under control. In fact, they are salivating for this moment. They love this messy situation. They're drooling. I mean, yeah, they wanted to see how Jesus was going to react, but primarily, listen, they had the stones in their hands, and they were ready to get down to killing her. So did Jesus join them? Did did Jesus grab a stone and join the mob? No. Instead, he he uses his finger to stoop down and write in the sand. Read the story on your own time. It's my second favorite Jesus encounter in the whole Bible. He writes in the sand, and when he's done, he looks up, and all of those men that were drooling and salivating, ready to kill her, they're all gone. What did Jesus say, do you remember? He says, he said, well, I'm paraphrasing. He says, it looks like there's no one left here to condemn you. And, and, and I don't condemn you, so, so go and stop sinning. He has that on the end, just before she leaves. Stop sinning, like in other way. Listen, listen, she wasn't falsely accused. She did the deal she was guilty. In fact, the, the story says she was caught in the act. Jesus knew that, but he sees beyond her reputation. What did he see? He saw a person who needed to be restored, and he restored her with gentleness. This is the model that we have in front of us. Amen. This is the model that we have in front of us to imitate. I want you to feel this this morning. This is God in the flesh, powerful enough to create the world, powerful enough to raise the dead, but gentle enough to comfort us. I love to hear Jesus speaking it out in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He said, come to me. Listen to the gentleness in his voice. All who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Listen to the gentleness. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am what? Come on, say it, for I am what? And lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And it's not on the screen, but the next verse ends by Jesus saying, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is what? It's light. Jesus said, walk with me, and I'll teach you a new way. I'll teach you gentleness. So what does the fruit of gentleness look like in my life and in your life? What does the fruit of gentleness look like in our relationships and in our church? Well, at first, it means that there are going to be times when I'm not going to get my way. That's harder for some of us, including me, don't say amen, than it is for others. It means that I have to sometimes give up my right to be right. I want you to fill in this sentence on your connect card. Gentleness is displayed in my attitude. I'm write that down. It's each of us living to serve one another, to love one another. Each of us trying to put one another's interests above our own. It's it's an attitude that prompts us to maybe park a little further away from church so that others can park a little bit closer. Amen. It's a it's an attitude that might say, you know what? I'm going to sometimes check out the 9:30 service to make a little bit of more room here at 11. It's a, it's an attitude that prompts us to serve on our dream team, maybe serving in Broad River Kids. It's not it's a it's an attitude. That, that maybe involves listening to someone who has an idea that's different than my idea. Do you know one of the most dangerous things that's happening in our society right now is we are getting away from spending time with people who have ideas that are different than our ideas. Instead, what are we doing? We're creating what psychologists call now echo chambers. What's an echo chamber? It's where you just surround yourself with people who just think like you do, and they say the same things that you do. So what are you really hearing all day long? You're hearing yourself. You're confirming what you believe. We need to spend time. Gentleness is displayed in my attitude. Part of that might be having a teachable spirit, hearing ideas that are opposed to my ideas. Gentleness is also seen, secondly, in my behavior somebody pointed out to me earlier, I didn't even mean to do this, that we're going to end up with ABC, okay? But gentleness is also seen in my behavior. Our behavior has to follow our attitude. When the attitude of your heart's in the right place, your behavior will follow. I've had people come to me and say, you know, pastor, I've been trying to forgive this person for six years, seven years, 10 years. I can't forgive them. I'm never going to forgive them. What shall I do? And I will often say to them, here's what I want you to do. I want you to see every single day, I want you to pray for them. And when I say pray for them, I want you to pray out loud, where your ears hear your mouth praying for that person. You know why? Because if you pray for somebody every day, at some point, your heart is going to catch up with your mouth. This is for somebody today. I know it's hard. I carried something for many, many years, but again, there is freedom in Jesus. And he can do that in you. If our behavior reflects the gentleness of Christ, we're going to have our energy focus. We're going to become people who offer grace to each other. People who encourage rather than condemn. People who, who, who give and receive mercy. This is power and strength under control. I was in a doctor's office two weeks ago for a physical in Stanford, and I, I saw what seemed to be a grandson caring for his grandmother. And they came in the door, and she was moving very, very slow. And this was a young man in his early 20s. It looked like, but this guy, I loved it. I wanted to take a video and save it. I didn't because that would have been weird. But this guy, this guy, he wasn't out there saying, come on, Grandma, I got to go, right? I got stuff to do. I got to get back to work. I got things to do. No, there was this gentleness displayed because of his Attitude Attitude affects our behavior. Finally, gentleness is also displayed in my conversation. Mm. Colossians chapter four, four, verse six says, let your speech always be gracious. Watch this, seasoned with salt. Everybody say seasoned with salt. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. What does salt do? It does many things, right? There's lots of things it does. But one major thing it does is you could, if you put it on food, it brings out what? Flavor. What's the question for you this morning is what's the flavor of your conversations? Somebody's mom, I'm positive, once told them, if you don't have something good to say, don't say anything at all. I'm so glad my mom and dad made sure that I knew Proverbs chapter 15, verse one. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I want you to put that last screen back up there, the one time that has all three things on it, A, B, and C. Everybody has a chance to write it down. Hear me, church, this morning, every time we open our mouths, whether we're in our homes, whether we're in our workplace, whether we're in church, every time we open our mouths, we have a choice. I have to think when I speak, will my words here, are they going to help or are they going to hurt? Are these words that I'm gonna speak, are they gonna build up or are they gonna tear down? The fruit of gentleness must be seen in our attitude and in our behavior and in our conversation. Especially when things don't go the way we want them to. Man, I want us to get this conversation thing, listen, We've, I started meddling, so I might as well meddle today, okay? We've got to stop talking bad about the next generation. I'm not going to even repeat the things that we've got to say and all the things and opinions that you've got about the next generation. We've got to stop talking bad about millennials and Gen Z and the generation to come after that. Everybody hear me this morning. They're going to be all right. And by the way, you weren't all that right once upon a time, too. My interaction with the next generation gives me an opportunity to either get upset or to respond in gentleness. Listen, your spouse is going to disappoint you. Your boss is going to rub you the wrong way. Your kids will disobey you. Your friends are going to betray you. There's going to be times when you are right and everyone else is wrong. So what do you do? In fact, let me ask the question this way because I want you to feel the weight of this gentle choice. What choice will you make? It's a choice. I mean, will you come out fighting or will you respond humbly and honestly using words of grace with some gentleness salt on them? The right choice, hear me, the right choice when it comes to gentleness, any of these through the Spirit isn't just one that happens. The right choice, the fruit of gentleness isn't something that comes naturally. Listen, it's the work of the Spirit in us. Write this down. Gentleness is a decision made by us ahead of time before the heat of the moment occurs. Listen, you did good. You you made all these plans to get here just to write that down today, I promise you. Use whatever scenario you want. It's a decision made by us ahead of time before the heat of the moment occurs. I've got a scenario I'm going to show you featuring Lady Gaga, of all people. I'll show that to you in just a minute. Listen, if you don't make a decision ahead of time, when the time comes, you're probably not going to make the right decision. Are you hearing me this morning? Here's the second thing to write down. Gentleness is a choice made by us that offers grace because of the grace that God has given. How can I not offer grace after I've been given it by my creator? How can I not forgive others because no one has ever done anything remotely close to me that comes even close to how I have treated God and never will? So how can I not forgive people? It's a choice. And listen to me, you are going to have to swim against the culture's current of rudeness and roughness. If you're gonna make a choice for gentleness, you're gonna be swimming upstream. This is not how the culture. You're not going with the flow when you're being gentle. In fact, write this thing down. The moral landscape is changing. We have many opportunities to look different. That's what it means to be holy, by the way. That's what holiness means, to be set apart, to look different, to point people to the cross, and that co- choice is countercultural. It goes against the culture, but of course it does. The, the gospel of Christ is not a call to cultural compromise. Yeah, yeah, if you follow Jesus, you're gonna look different than everybody else. You're going to talk different than everybody else. You're going to be, are you hearing me this morning? And I feel like preaching right now, but this is a teaching series. I'm preaching, I'm preaching. Easter is coming, y'all. Easter is coming. Let me do this instead. I want you to see this clip from Sunday's Academy Awards show. This clip features Lady Gaga who is presenting the award for best picture. With Liza Minnelli. Now, I'm not going to give you any disclaimers this morning about who you should idolize or not. This is not with Hopefully, you know me by now. I will say about Lady Gaga. It's not too many people who can offer us the classic lyric, one of the great lyrics in music history that Gaga once offered us when she sang so eloquently. And I quote: "Ra ra ah ah ah, Roma Roma ma, Gaga ro, ga, ooh la la." wants your bad romance, right? Don't hate her because she's pithy, okay? She's pithy. Now, this clip, uh, the audio is not great, so I'm going to have them turn it up loud, and I want you to listen really closely. Don't talk as it's going on. I want you to hear every word. Liza Minnelli is not in good health. She was in a place of real weakness, which you're going to see here. We spent the week talking about the slap heard around the world, right? But I want you to watch a moment of gentleness from the same show. Kill those lights. they love you oh yes but now what am i well, i don't understand i got it good evening you know how i love working with legends oh my baby <laughs> and i'm honored to present the final award of the evening with a true show business legend <laughs> She's celebrating the 50th anniversary of Cabaret. Oscar award-winning actress, Liza Minnelli. Throughout the night, (laughs) we've seen highlights of the ten best nomi- no, you know nominated for best picture awards. Now we're gonna show you something else and then we're, we're going to tell you what nominees it is. are right now. Oh good <laughs> I got you. I know. All right Liza. Yes we've got Welcome. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be here, and especially with you. I'm your biggest fan. Are you excited to announce Best Picture? Oh, yeah. And oh, the yeah. Oscar goes to? Okay, Coda. I don't know if you heard right there at the end, before she goes out, she, she leans down. She says, I got you. And she said, I know this is gentleness we're going to celebrate communion together today but let me finish by asking you as we've been digging in the last weeks has there been a time when you said any of these through the spirit man i have i've messed up i've blown it i want you to know this that god knows that you aren't perfect so he he wants you to turn to him he's he's waiting on you right now with his arms wide open he's saying I love you. It's okay. I, I love you. He's waiting with gentleness. If Christianity is anything, it's not about people being perfect, but it's people who want to be holy, who desire to do what God wants, and then they're willing to let God's grace cover and forgive every sin that they've ever committed until the Scripture says that he washes them as white as snow. And he wipes the slate clean, and he makes them new people in Christ Jesus. So, yeah, we don't always have all of the fruit of the Spirit all lined up. I know I don't, and we're not perfect. And in those areas where you fall short, listen, let his Spirit grow that in you. Only the Spirit can do that anyway. Let God's goodness and grace cover and forgive you. And then when you do that, pick up your head and walk like a child of God. Let's pray together today. God, we thank you for today. Thank you for an opportunity to come here to worship you, Lord, to worship you in song and worship you in our giving and in your word. Lord, thank you for your spirit, how it enables us. Lord, how it grows us. God, I thank you for being who you are. thank you for being what you are. thank you for being how you are. Lord, I pray as we sing this song of response and then we celebrate communion together that if choices are to be made Lord today that they're made now Lord whether that means accepting you as Savior for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time and I know that there are people here today that are making that choice for others here today that choice means making choices ahead of time for gentleness and ahead of time for meekness and humility God I thank you that your spirit and I pray that your spirit would guide us to do that Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us first. Thank you most of all for Jesus, which is His strong, powerful, and resurrected name we pray. Everybody say amen. Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, so that you can make a difference. If you'd like to take a next step in your journey following Jesus, just visit broadriver.church slash next steps. We'll see you next time.